Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you've all had a very Merry Christmas. Um, I'm your host today, Joshua Jordan. This is Christina Pickett. Hello, hello. Yeah, and we will be your host for the last Kaya of 2021. So I hope you guys have all had a great Christmas, lots of family, friends, food, fun. Hope you've opened some gifts. Hope you've been able to celebrate um, and remember the best gift that God gave us. And here today, we're going to be talking about, guess what? Gifts, but spiritual gifts. Yes. Um, so I know I'm excited. I know, Christina, you're excited too, aren't you? I am. I am so excited and I am ready. So let's go ahead and kick this off. Let's bring in our one and only Dr. Scott. Yeah, let's bring in the gift to the church that God gave us, Pastor Scott. <laughs> hey, good evening. Good evening, Christina and Joshua and to all of those that are watching us as far as um, our virtual space is concerned. We're certainly delighted that you all are taking this Wednesday uh, out to um, hang out with us as far as uh, this moment is concerned. And uh, we're looking for people to join us as far as Facebook Live and our other um, spaces as far as um, this virtual medium is concerned. And I want to thank you, Christina and Joshua, for um, hosting uh, this evening um, as we talk about spiritual gifts. And I see people are joining us on uh, line and just want to give a major shout out to all of those that are coming in as far as this moment of conversation is concerned. And so uh, one thing we want to encourage you as you join us, uh, of course, if you have any questions or comments, don't be afraid to put them in the chat. Uh, Joshua and Christina, they're going to uh, navigate me through through this conversation, and uh, I'm just going to do what they tell me to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect, perfect. Well, Pastor, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So what exactly are spiritual gifts? Well, I, I think that when we when we talk about spiritual gifts, it's in name, spiritual gifts. They are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they are gifts of the Holy Spirit that by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that God gives to those who confess a faith in Jesus Christ. Um, God does not expect for us to do God's work without giving us the resources that are so necessary to make that work a tangible reality. So really, these spiritual gifts become what is called gifts of graces. And um, every believing disciple of Jesus Christ has at least one gift. But the majority of us have a multiplicity of gifts. And, and they kind of fall into two different categories, uh, working gifts and waiting gifts. Working gifts are those gifts that are very apparent that you know you're in your zone when you start functioning and in the waiting gifts are those that are kind of latent, but um, can be triggered, you know, uh, as need be. Uh, I don't know if you all have seen the video that has gone around uh, lately. And uh, my daughter, Cheris, um, and my, my niece, Abigail, when we were together uh, a couple of weekends ago, uh, they were asked to do something and they did this thing called Holy Spirit Activate. Holy Spirit <laughs> Activate. So, and, and, and we chuckled and we fell out laughing. However, however, when it comes to spiritual gifts, that's really what's happening. The Holy Spirit has to activate those gifts mm. uh, and to make them a working reality uh, uh, for us. Um, and, and I think that people have to understand that there's a difference between gifts, talents, and skills. Okay. There's a major difference between gifts, talents, and skills. So when we think about spiritual gifts, it's, it's that supernatural evidence that God is doing the work of sanctification in, in, in our lives. Um, and, and it really empowers us to do those things that in and of ourselves we cannot do. Uh, and, and most likely we hadn't even been trained to do. Um, um, and again, the gifts comes as a result of being born again. So um, we've got to understand the difference between a gift, skill, and a talent. That that talent is that natural ability that comes from natural birth. So, for example, and it tickles me when I hear folks say, you know, ooh, that person got the spiritual gift of singing. Well, if you notice, singing ain't a gift. <laughs> okay? It's a talent or it's a skill. It's not considered to be a spiritual gift. And... Um, um, uh, a talent is that combination of, of 
of, of what we do as far as our own humanity is concerned um, is, is part of the physical, psychological, and emotional makeup of the essence of our being. Uh, a skill is a learned action. Uh, they can enhance our talents as well as our spiritual gifts. And so when it comes to spiritual gifts, uh, there are several passages, interestingly, in the New Testament that kind of lay those gifts out. And um, uh, but here's the key thing. Here's the key thing, Joshua and Christina, and to all of those that are listening to us. The purpose of the gift, whatever gift we have, the very purpose of it is to edify the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's to build, it's to strengthen and to advance the body of Christ. Uh, it's not to advance yourself. Yeah. It's to advance the body of Christ. And, and here's the other crazy thing, too. When you don't use your gift, there are two things that are happening. First, when you don't use your gift, you're lessening the impact that the body of Christ, better known as the church, can have as far as the culture, community, and the world are concerned. And secondly, you're disobeying God. Mm-hmm. Okay? So in that particular vein, I think that it's important for us to really understand um, what it is that God wants to do as far as our spiritual gifts are concerned. And here's the other blessing. We ain't got to be jealous of each other's gifts. <laughs> That's that's important. It is. You know, there's a diversity of gifts, and the diversity of gifts that God gives is um, for the body to be able to function the way that it is meant to function. So guess what? All of and 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 if, if you don't get nothing else tonight, I want folks to get this. All of us don't have the same gift. <laughs> Say that again for the people in the back. They got slow Wi-Fi. All right. <laughs> one more time. One more time. Yeah, yeah. All, all of us don't have the same gift. And, and it's meant to be that way because what God looks for is that God is not looking for uniformity, but God is looking for unity to, through diversity. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's a diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit grants First of all, the local church and then church universal. So all of us don't have the same gift. So if you're jealous of my gift or if I'm jealous of your gift, that's 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 counterproductive because it doesn't reflect the presence of Christ. Um, uh, I ain't got no reason to be jealous of what God does with you, because what God does with me is going to be different than what God does with you. And I got to be able to bask in what God does with me so that God will get glory out of what I'm doing as far as the kingdom is concerned. That's good. So I know one of the questions that a lot of people have is, you know, how do you discover what your gift is? Because there's a lot of talk about, you already kind of broke down the difference between talents and spiritual gifts, but you know, a lot of, especially younger Christians are curious about, you know, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? Mm-hmm. You've kind of already defined what a spiritual gift is, but how can you discover what it is so you can operate in it? Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is at St. Paul, and, and let me just put it within our particular local context, at St. Paul, um, we, we do this thing called Discovery, which is uh, a book that talks about discovering your, your spiritual gifts. And whenever we have people who become part of the St. Paul Church, um, I teach what is called Christian education orientation. That's our new disciples class. And, and once I finish my part, then we have persons like uh, Dr. Brenda Rich, uh, Reverend Brenda Richardson, as well as Dr. Sherelle Fuller and uh, Sister Tanya Nance and others who will then teach um, about discovering your gifts. So it's to help those persons to understand where um, their, their passion, their purpose, uh, their power may be as far as gifts are concerned and kind of steer them towards some missions or ministries where those gifts may be more appropriate. Um, but uh, besides that, I think that really uh, Rick Warren puts it best. Sometimes you just got to try something and see if you like it. And if you like it, that may be your gift. And if not, guess what? It may not be your gift. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, 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 uh, so for example, like with the gift of, 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 of service, um, the gift of service, and we'll talk about this in, in just a little bit, 
but with the gift of service, which really falls under like uh, for us at St. Paul, first impression ministry and usher ministry. Well, if you got a funky attitude, serving may not be your gift. <laughs> you know, if you don't like to interact with the public, that that may not necessarily be the place where you need to be trying to put your <laughs> emphasis. You know, uh, the last thing that the local church need is another uh, usher on the door with a funky attitude because they don't realize that ain't their gift. <laughs> you know, so so um, so yeah, it, you know, you just have to. Sometimes it's just trial and error, and you you soon discover hmm, this may not be where the Lord would have from you. Nice. Well, thank you so much for speaking on that, um, Pastor. So I actually took the Discover class and it was amazing. That's what led me to the beautification ministry was taking that class and understanding those gifts. So thank you for speaking on that. So once you take the course or once you try those things you just have never done before and now you say, okay, this is my gift. You've understood that God is giving you this gift. How exactly can you utilize your spiritual gift? Well, that's Oh, Sister Christina, that's a that's 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 a great question, um, and I, I kind of want to take my time in, in answering that because I think that this is really paramount to the local church, um, and and I'm going to I'm going to answer this by doing some what I call analytics of data. And uh, I'm going to do it secularly and I'm going to do it ecclesiastically or culture-wise and church-wise. I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity. We have this thing called 8 versus 80. That really uh, uh, eight people do the work of 80. Um, in the local church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Okay. So guess what? You have a whole lot of folks that aren't doing anything. They just show up at church, get the shout on, but they don't connect or become involved as far as the local church is concerned. Interestingly, it's the same way in the culture that you have people who become part of, of different groups and organizations. And unfortunately, their name is on the roll. They don't pay. They don't show up at meetings. Uh, but they're claiming, hey, I'm a member of so-and-so, so-and-so. But they're, they're really not doing anything or giving anything that is going to substantiate the work of that particular organization. And interestingly, it's the same way with the church, that that St. Paul claims to have, uh, last time I checked, 5,436 people who claim to be part of St. Paul. And out of that 5,436 people, we probably have really less than 800 that's doing something as far as the work is concerned. Interestingly, COVID now has probably caused um, uh, somewhat of a decline because people can't be seen anymore as far as in the local church really participating. So um, with that, um, there's some different analytics now and there's a different mindset because of the pandemic that we're in, that we got to look at dealing with uh, in order to get people engaged and connected and utilizing their gifts. So when you discover what your gift is, uh, one of the things that the devil will try to do is keep you from utilizing it. And the enemy will keep you from utilizing it if you're not connected to the local church. Um, and, and so if you work in your gift, but you don't spend time in devotion with God, uh, and you only come to church on Sunday, sooner or later you're gonna burn out. Or if you regularly attend worship, but you're not involved in ministry, or you're not using your gift, you're not contributing to the body of Christ. Or, or, or if you participate in the teaching ministry and a service ministry, attend Bible study and, and pray, but you're not giving biblically, which is of tithes and offerings, you're robbing God and you're engaging in disobedience. So here's what I'm trying to say. God wants all of us. God wants the gifts. God wants the grace. God wants the giving. Let me say that again. God wants the gifts. God wants the grace. God wants the giving. And so part of the transformation that God wants to work as far as our reality is concerned is to see that we're utilizing and trusting God to do that, which we consider to be impossible and beyond our range. 
Man, that was powerful. Thank you. Thank you. That was so powerful. So once you have discovered what your gifts are, and let's say now that you're utilizing your gifts, but for some reason you stop, something just happens in your life. Will your gift change over time or does it change as you mature spiritually or will it always be the same? That's a great question. Um, I think, remember, I talked about two types of gifts, working mm -hmm. gifts and waiting gifts. And I think that the more that we work in our, quote, working gifts, then God starts unleashing those waiting gifts. Mm -hmm. God, I can see that God, that, that we can trust God with the working gift. Um, and so God, uh, over time, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit unleashes some other things within us that we thought we couldn't do, but we wind up doing. So it is in, in that vein, I think that the more we grow in what we call sanctification, and that is basically being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Sanctification is really the process of discipleship. Um, as we grow in our relationship with God, that's going to be reflected in our relationship with other people. Uh, God then starts unleashing some other gifts and graces as far as our reality is concerned. So um, uh, it comes with spiritual growth. Spiritual growth has capacity to um, make you become what I would call more exposed to God trusting you with some other gifts. Mm. That's good. That's, that's, that's just, that's interesting to know, to think too, that as we mature in our faith, um, you know, we can also, you know, be trusted with more, with more responsibilities and even with more gifts. Um, and that kind of leads us kind of to the next question. Like, how have you seen, whether in the church or even in your own personal life, um, you know, people abuse spiritual gifts or, or use it not to edify God, but to try to edify themselves. Yeah. Well, you know, um, ego is a very powerful thing. <laughs> um, and um, negative ego becomes what I call edging God out. Ego, E-G-O, edging God out. I think there's positive ego and negative ego. Uh, positive ego is going to be laced and undergirded by humility. Um, and, and while there's, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with ego. Um, but when your ego is not in check, then ultimately what winds up happening is you wind up, wind up edging God out. So in that particular vein, one of the things that, that we have to understand is that as God moves, as far as, uh, our lives are concerned and exposes us to greater things, uh, it's God's desire, uh, that we bring him glory. Unfortunately, we can abuse the gifts. Um, and in the abusing of the gifts, we can do what uh, Paul says. We can wind up quenching the spirit. And so, you know, abusing the gifts is when we think it's all about us. And it's not. It's, it's not. It's all about God. It's not all about us. And um, that aspect of humility is what keeps us grounded as far as um, um, God really getting more out of us uh, as far as the utilization of gifts. So, I mean, you know, um, when you look at the variety of gifts, and, and I think that it's very important for us to understand that there are primarily four passages where this thing of gifts are concerned. Uh, the majority of it has been really described and expounded upon by Paul. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, um, Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 4, uh, verses 11 and 12, 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, and then Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 16. And where a lot of people wind up getting stuck, um, particularly in Paul's writings, is like 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's interesting how Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 starts talking about these different gifts. Then he goes in verse in chapter 13 and he talks about love. And then in 14, he, fin he finishes, you know, talking about, you know, the diversity of gifts and, and the utilization of those gifts. But in between all of that, he talks about love um and and so um um 
the gifts, interestingly, uh, God can give the gifts to whoever he wants to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me say that again. God can give the gifts to whoever you want to, which is why I have discovered that sometimes the most gifted people are the craziest. <laughs> now y'all are laughing, but I'm serious. You know, there are some gifted people out there, but but they kind of, you know, they can be kind of crazy because the gifts come with what Paul says without repentance. Mm. God gives them to whoever he yeah. wants to. Um, but even with that is for the utilization of of uh, building up the local church. Uh, but but because remember this, remember this, remember this. And, and here's the blessing in this. The most gifted church, which was the church at Corinth, was the craziest. Paul had more issues with the church at Corinth than he did any other church. <laughs> Think about that. The yeah. most gifted church. Was Paul's most troublesome? You know, Paul was like, "Golly, I got to deal with 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 you all on. I can't give you, I can't give you the the meat of the worry. Y'all still drinking milk." Paul <laughs> had to deal with um, uh, uh, a stepson sleeping with his stepmother, as far as the church is concerned, and, and all kinds of craziness, and and then just the ego thing as far as uh, leaders are concerned. So it was just absolutely uh, astounding that um, Paul had to take them to task and help them understand, listen, there's more to this gift thing than, you know, uh, you all speaking in tongues or having the gift of faith or the gift of healing or the gift of service or the gift of prophecy or the gift of interpretation of tongues or the gift of leadership. Uh, uh, you all need to engage in love because you said, if I had tongues of angels and, and not have love, I'm sounding brass and tingling cymbals. It's interesting that you bring up the, you know, Paul and the Corinthians. And I think that can kind of lead right into one of me and Christina's next questions would be, what is the most, you know, and Paul kind of referenced it. What is the most important aspect to be able to properly utilize your spiritual gifts? Um, I think if, if you, um, let me try to repeat that question one more time. I want to get the essence of it. Yeah, yeah. What, what what's the most important characteristic needed to be able to uh, properly utilize your gift? Um, is it um, you know just knowing what that gift is? Is it you know you know having you know wanting to serve God? What's the most important thing you need in order to properly utilize the gifts you know the gift that God has given you? Several things. Several things. Um, I think first of all. Um, you need to be exposed to sound biblical teaching. Mm. We get that here at St. Paul, do you? I pray so. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I take that very seriously, though. But sound biblical teaching, Uh, the willingness to serve. So you got to have that. There has to be this innate desire, this willingness the uh, the other thing that I think is important is, of course, utilizing and knowing what your gift is, and and um, um, and being taught what that looks like. Um, um, I think that when I talked about three types of gifts, I mean the two types of, of gifts, the waiting gifts and the working gifts. I think there are three categories of, of gifts. One one is equipping. One is uh, edifying and one is evidential or, or evidence gifts. So, so the equipping gifts usually called speaking because it involves like the word of God, you know, prophesying, teaching, speaking in tongues, um, uh, things of that sort. Uh, the edifying gifts are the serving gifts. Um, and that's leadership and um uh, faith and things of that sort. And then you have the evidence gifts, which is like speaking in tongues, uh, which bear the, the, the power of God or the working of miracles. Um, because, you know, you can't do a miracle in and of yourself. That takes something supernatural. Mm-hmm. So equipping, edifying, and evidence gifts, um, all three of those work in tangent. Now, here's the crazy thing. Again, everybody ain't going to have equipping gifts. 
Everybody's not going to have edifying gifts. Everybody's not going to have evidentiary gifts or evidence gifts. Um, and here is why. The reason I believe that the Holy Spirit parses out the gifts the way that the Holy Spirit does is because the Holy Spirit wants us to be interdependent upon each other. Mm. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit wants us to be independent, interdependent upon each other. So if, if I engage in the gift of prophesying or prophecy, but ain't nobody listening, <laughs> engaging, then I'm spitting in the wind. Spitting in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 like with the gift of tongues, if 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 you're speaking in tongues but nobody understands what you're saying, then Paul basically says that's a prayer language, and um, um, you know that's between you and God. But if you're doing it in public, you should have an interpreter. Because if you're doing it in public or in the church, it should be for the benefit of that church or that setting, not just for you to be engaging in glossolalia. And so even when we talk about the gifts of tongues, there are two understandings of tongues in the Bible. Can I teach just for a moment? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if, if I could, let me just, just share this. On the day of Pentecost, uh, in, in Acts chapter two, the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 that were in the upper room, like a mighty rushing wind. The Bible talks about how they had looked like cloven tongues of fire over their head and how they spoke in unknown tongues or unknown languages. Now, interestingly, the word tongues in that particular chapter of Acts, Acts chapter 2, is diaclectos, D-I-A-K-L-E-T-O-S. Diaclectos is where we get the modern word, what? Dialect. Okay? So, um, uh, uh, so really what Paul was saying, not Paul, what, what Luke is writing about is Luke is writing about the fact how the Holy Spirit came upon those 120 in that upper room, empowered them to speak a language that they had never taken a language course in. Okay, no Rosetta Stone, <laughs> no Babel. They started speaking languages in such a way that the 120 were empowered to share the gospel to all those people who were gathered from the diaspora in a language they would hear it and understand it and appreciate it. And Peter then preached a sermon. And that day, 3,000 folks started the church. So you had the church started with 3,120 people, all because the spirit moved in such a way to empower them at that particular moment to speak in a language that they had never had any training in. When we talk about glossolalia, which you see as far as the writings of Paul is concerned, it is uh, it's a heavenly prayer language. Uh, and it's a heavenly prayer language that when it is spoken within a particular uh, assembly, if it's spoken in a particular assembly, it is really meant for the edification of that assembly, whereby whoever is speaking it also should have someone to interpret what is being said. So when we talk about gifts and like I said, a whole lot of folks, they get stuck on tongues uh, that they really lose what, what, what God desires. Now here's the thing about folks that speak in tongues and I'll be the first to admit, I've never done it. I've seen it done. And when I've seen it done, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And I believe, I, I, I believe that the gifts of tongues as far as, and as well as any other gift that is mentioned in the new Testament, it's still relevant today. I'm not a, I'm not a, what they call a secessionist. And a secessionist is a person who believes that certain gifts are no longer applicable. Hmm. Okay. Or no longer function. I'm not a secessionist. I believe that, that all the gifts are available in 2021. Um, nevertheless, I also understand that um, it's fine for you to speak in tongues, be it diclectos or glossolalia, but you ought to at least be able to speak to your neighbor 
in their native language or in your native language, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -hmm. so you're doing all this gifted stuff, but you don't have good relationship, which is why I think Paul, when he writes to the Corinthian church, particularly chapters 12, 13, and 14, he puts that love chapter in there. And the interesting thing is that love chapter is oftentimes read at um at weddings, but it's 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 beyond just getting married. It's really being a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and how we ought to engage in each other relationally. That's good. Man, that was powerful. That was powerful. So earlier you mentioned how, Pastor Scott, that everyone has a gift. Mm -hmm. But are we born with these gifts? Like when I was being born, did God say, Christina, this is your gift? Or does it come over time? Or was it when I was born again in Christ? Like when exactly do we get our gifts? Well, the interesting thing now, I can, I can go into, <laughs> you just dropping that question. I can go on a whole tangent on the ontology of God. <laughs> Um, but, but I'm not going to do that. But but what I will do is this. Um, I think that for us as followers of Jesus Christ, that the gift that God has for us becomes apparent when we've been born again. Mm. This is gifts. This is gifts for um, those who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, the interesting thing is, and watch this. They're spiritual gifts. So spirit or spiritual gifts denote that we've been what? Born again of the what? Spirit. Now, can, 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 again, can I do a little teaching? Yes. <laughs> because because one, one of the things that we love to quote is John 3.16. You know, we, we, we love to quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. But we fail to appreciate what, 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 what Jesus said earlier in that chapter. And he said, unless you are born of the water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Because that which is of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be what? Born again, spiritually. So, so it is the essence of being born again, spiritually, that we become exposed to the activation of these spiritual gifts. So like Cheris and my niece said, Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> <laughs> but the activation does not happen until we've been born again. Because because here, here's the thing, Christina. If you're not born again, you're dead spiritually. And mm -hmm. if you're dead spiritually, you can't really operate gift-wise. That's true. That is true. That's true. That's good. That's all good teaching you got, Dr. Scott. And just I want to remind the audience again. You know, if you have any questions as we go throughout this conversation, please post them in the chat and, you know, we'll we'll parlay those over to Dr. Scott so we can have your questions answered. So, I, I, I mean, that was, was, was a lot of good teaching there. Um, I guess another one um, that we would really uh, like to know, I think it's actually a basic one that we probably should have asked, you know, a little bit earlier, is what are the different spiritual gifts? You know, something real rudimentary that some of them really just may not, really, may not, may not even know. Wow. Well... Um, without me reading a long, long list, there are a variety of gifts. Um, uh, so let me, if I could, let me start with the equipping gifts. And that would be in Ephesians 4, uh, 11 and 12, uh, where Paul writes and he gave, and he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teaching. Watch this for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. To what? Equip the who? Saints for what? Work of ministry for what? Edifying the body of Christ. Body of Christ is what? Local church. So those are equipping persons that help to equip the saints to do the work of local ministry and mission. 
Okay. And then um, uh, first Peter four, 10 and 11 says for each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as the ability which God supplies that in all things, watch this, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So here is Peter, who is considered to be, you know, kind of the lead apostle at that time, uh, writing to say that whenever you speak, you are really speaking of the mysteries of God. And you got to do it with whatever ability that God gives to you so that God will be glorified by what? Lifting up Jesus. So if the gift ain't lifting up Jesus, you know, God ain't getting glory. Um, um, and then, of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, and, and chapter 14 have a, a whole litany of gifts. So so let me, if I could, just focus in on um, 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 chapter 12, verse 4, 4 through 11. It says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. Um, there are differences of ministry, but same Lord. There are diversity of activities, but same God who works in all. Just that alone helps us to understand that the purpose of God granting us gifts is so that we would be inter interdependent upon each other. But it all comes from the same spirit, the same Jesus, the same God. All right. And, and then he says in verse seven, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the benefit of all. <sighs> not one person, not a few, but everybody. <laughs> okay. For watch this. For one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. So you got wisdom. You got knowledge through the same spirit. You got faith through the same spirit. Watch this. Gifts of healing by the same spirit. Another working of miracles, same spirit. Another prophecy, uh, the discernment of spirits, uh, different kinds of tongues, uh, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as the spirit wields. Same spirit giving out different stuff. All right. So that's in. Um, um, uh, um, First Corinthians chapter 12. I, I want to, though, um, pick up um, uh, First Corinthians also chapter 14, because uh, in, in chapter 14, the interesting thing is that Paul is honing in on the speaking of tongues and really trying to break that speaking of tongues down. Because watch this, the tongues, the speaking of tongues is really a sign to the unbeliever. It is meant to be a supernatural sign to the unbeliever. Now, one thing that Paul says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words that folks get <laughs> that I may teach than 10,000 with tongues. Because if children don't have understanding, it ain't gonna make no sense. <laughs> It's a sign to those, not to those who believe, those of us who believe, guess what? We don't need you speaking tongues. It's to the unbeliever. Prophesying is not for the unbeliever, but it's for the believer. So if the whole church comes together in one place and you got uninformed or unbelievers, Will they not say that you are out of your mind if everybody speaks in tongues? That's Paul. That's Paul. If everybody broke out in tongues and you got unbelievers in the house, and 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 except for instance at St. Paul, if this was we didn't have to worry about COVID and we were able to pack out the church and you got 1600 folks in the church and all 1600 folks. Uh, you're going to have some people that 
may not know who Jesus Christ is, but say, for instance, about a thousand out of that 1600s just start blurting out in tongues and stuff. The folks that don't know who Jesus is going to look at us like we had some Hennessy or gin or tonic or something to drink. Because it ain't going to make sense to them, which is why, interestingly, the day of Pentecost, when, when they spoke in dialectos in our language, Paul, uh, um, Peter had to say, we ain't drunk. We, we ain't drunk. The Holy Spirit has empowered us. We're not drunk. So again, the speaking of tongues is not for the believer. I don't need you to speak in tongues for me. And, and all I'm just doing is giving you what Paul said. Okay? I, I need you to speak in tongues as a what? Sign. It's a sign. It's a sign to the unbelievers about the supernatural things that God can, can do. So you got um, you, you, you got him talking about this in first Corinthians 12 through 13 um, and 12 through 14 rather. But I think that the critical, the linchpin or the hinge for that door, the hinge for that door is chapter 13, uh, that love chapter. When he says, you know, if I speak with the tongues of, of, of men and angels, but have not love, I'm sounding brass and tingling simple. He talks about if I'm able to give the gift of prophecy and, and have faith and remove mountains, but I have love, don't have love, I'm, I'm nothing. He, he, he even says, and this is some good that St. Paul is good at doing because we're good at, at doing mission work. If, if I give my goods to feed the poor, if, 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 if I become a martyr and don't have love, it means nothing. It means nothing. So I think that is important for us because love becomes a verb that shows God is in action in our lives. So that's that's first Corinthians chapter 12, 13, 14. And then in Romans um, uh, chapter uh, 12, um, we, we have some some more gifts that that are mentioned and you find that particularly in verses six, um, um, six, seven, and eight, when he talks about uh, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophesy, prophesy, if prophecy rather, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, our ministry, let us use it in our ministry. Or he who teaches in teaching, or he who exhorts, that means to encourage in exhortation, or he who gives, giving is a gift. <gasps> Yes, in liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So all of these, and, and when he talks about he who gives, all of us have the capacity to give, but some of us have the capacity to give a whole lot. Okay. Uh, so he's talking about, you know, this variety of gifts and graces to be done. And then again, here he goes. He talks about that love um, and it ought to be done without uh, hypocrisy. So um, um, that becomes, like I said, some sharing as far as uh, the gifts that that you and I have exposure to because of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was good. I mean, that really helps a lot. So we do have a question from Charles Davis, and this is actually a really good one. So Charles asked, you know, can others see evidence of your gifts even before you do? That's a great question. That's a that's a great question. And um, I believe that that when he talks about discernment, that some people can discern some things that that may be uh, apparent in you that you may that you may be aware of, but you just don't want to do. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I think that that others have the the capacity to confirm what God may be doing in you. Yeah. So yeah, brother, brother Davis, I I think that uh, <laughs> that can happen. So, Pastor Scott, you know, tonight we've talked about discovering those gifts. We've talked about kind of what those gifts are. And you also mentioned how they do mature over time, you know, as long as you're growing spiritually. 
But what if you're not growing spiritually? And what if you get just get stagnant? Or what if you leave the church? Will God take that gift away from you? Um, it, um, I put it to you like this. In my reading of scripture, um, when it comes to the utilization of, of gifts, I have not seen anything about God, quote, taking away gifts or anything like that. But I do know that if you don't use it, you can lose it. Um, and what is meant by that is, um, if it's not for the edification, as far as the church is concerned, um, we wind up really missing out on the very beauty of being interdependent and watch this and creating community, uh, that is so necessary and so warranted in times like these. So, um, while in various readings that I have done, as well as in conjunction with scripture, while the Bible in and of itself does not say if you don't speak in tongues, you'll lose it. If you don't have interpretations, you'll lose it. Um, I think that there is uh, evidence that when you're not growing, your gift won't grow. Um, and eventually it can uh, become like a, a, a ember uh, of, of, of uh, in fire and just die down yeah mm. Man. use it or lose it that's something to definitely uh keep in mind so i know some people are probably curious as to what you think your gifts are since you're like the most tangible example you know the people in the church so what would you consider to be your spiritual gifts dr scott no i ain't the most tangible <laughs> <laughs> we're the most visible how about that <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm the most tangible um <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I I look at but before I answer that question, I, I look at so many people um in 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 the space at the, particularly at the St. Paul Church who when they flow in their gifts, uh gift of service and, and, and things like that, it's a it's a very beautiful thing. Um I think that my my gift um can probably be found somewhere between um, what I would say, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and um, uh, Romans chapter 12. And in that particular vein, um, I hate administration. You know, that's leadership. You know, if I could just preach, I would be good. But in order to be a halfway decent pastor, you have to do administration. And I don't consider administration to be what I would call a skill or a talent, but God has gifted me in that area. Um, um, so with leadership, so so I think that 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 would be a gift. Um, um Preaching. Um, I tell folks I practice preaching. Um, we never perfect it. Um, teaching um, is 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 another gift that that I would I would say that the Lord has has granted uh, unto me. And um, when when we you know talk about particularly. Um, oh, that Romans passage just deals with a whole bunch of different things that we don't take under uh, consideration. So I would say administration slash leadership, uh, exhortation or preaching, teaching, and giving. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say giving for me is 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 a major major uh gift i i i i i wish now if there was a, any gift that i wish everybody had it would be the gift of 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 of, of liberality when it comes to giving but everybody just don't have a <laughs> gift so 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 let me if i could i want to read for you all what eugene peterson says and i think this this really hits me smack dab in the eye um in uh Romans 12, 6. 
just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we're not. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. That's prophecy. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encourage and guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. And if you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. So um, when it comes to, if I could sum up my, 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 my gifts, it'll be for teaching, preaching, casting vision and giving. And part of casting vision requires administration slash leadership. And I can't, honestly speaking, do any of that in and of myself, because just by the very essence of our sinful humanity, we're selfish, self-indulging and self-engrandizing. So it really takes the Holy Spirit to kind of put some things in check and, and help us to realize yeah, it ain't about you. I'll, I'll share this with you, particularly when it comes to preaching. Um, I, 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 I try to give, I try to work on my sermons, um, put in the hours, the time, um, to make sure that the word of God goes forth in a very meaningful way and a very sincere way. And, you know, there are times when I feel like, oh yeah, this sermon going, going, going bless them real good. And I bomb, I Bomb. I mean, it, it's, it's like it hits like a dud, boom. And then there are times when um, um, I come to the pulpit. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I don't know how I'm gonna land this thing. I don't know how I'm gonna close. And in the middle of of preaching, the Holy Spirit just starts dropping stuff and doing this thing. Um, same thing with teaching. So here's what I, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is that every endeavor when it comes to the church requires the presence, power and person of God. Uh, and it doesn't mean that we don't prepare. It doesn't mean that we don't take the time to, to, to marinate in the word of God and in the presence of God and, and in the person of God. But what we also got to understand is that ultimately it's all about God. Oh my God. Man, that's, uh, so listening to you read those things that you just read a few seconds ago, it sounds like those lessons they mentioned to use in, to, in the church, but not only that, but also use it in your everyday life. If it's saying to, you know, listen and to um, not, you know, be quick to speak, those things sounds to me like you should also do those things while at work and while at home with your family and with your friends. So is it, is it right to say that your spiritual gifts, you know, they're for the church, they are for the body of Christ, but we should also take those same practices and use them in our everyday lives as well? So. Yeah, I think that you raise a very good point. And I think that it's important for us to understand that the church is not meant to be insulary or, or just inside, have an inside modality. Uh, that mission is outside of the church. Ministry is inside of the church. And we are gifted to do both mission and ministry. And so when we do mission and ministry, um, as far as the essence of, of who we are, then basically what we wind up doing is we wind up utilizing those gifts. Now, let me drop this on y'all to create a crater that I hope will bless you all. The, uh, the unfortunate reality is we were so focused on the spirit that we missed the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> so those things that I was just talking about, keep your eyes open, be quick to respond, don't get irritated or depressed by them, that ain't got nothing to do with your gift. That's fruit stuff. <laughs> That's fruit bearing. And the fruit of the spirit has nine different slices. You know, um, uh, the fruit of the spirit 
um, when, when, when Paul writes about uh, the fruit of the spirit in, I want to say is the Galatians 5.22, when he talks about how the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such which there is no law. Or if I could give you Eugene Peterson's uh, interpretation of uh, the fruit of the spirit, when he says, um, I want to make sure I get this right. Um, hold on. He says, um, uh, where is the, yeah, here it is. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives the same way that the fruit appears in an orchid. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. So when he talks about doing all of that, Here's the thing. There are nine different mentioning of these attributes of the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against which such there is no law. The interesting thing that I want to drop on you all is if you lack one, you don't have the whole fruit. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a slice of an orange. You can peel the orange and you can take one slice and you can chew on love. But if you ain't got joy, you ain't got the whole fruit. Or I could chew on joy, but if I ain't got peace, I ain't got the whole fruit. And if you notice, the word ain't fruits. It's not plural. It's singular. Hmm. Which means that these are slices or attributes of the fruit of the spirit. So Ms. Karen asked, you know, should it be a lifestyle? And I think you kind of just talked about it just now, but, you know, would you have anything else to say about if that should be a lifestyle? So that's a great question. The utilization of the gifts shouldn't be a lifestyle, but demonstrating the fruit of the spirit should be the lifestyle. And it's through the demonstration of the fruit of the spirit as a lifestyle that God is able to then utilize the gifts where God gets the glory. So it ain't the fruit. Wow. It's, I mean, it ain't the gifts, it's the fruit. Hmm. All right. Because again, remember, Paul said, if I got all this stuff, all these gifts, and I ain't got love, meh. And how many folks that we know got gifts, talents, and, and, and skills and mean as hell? <laughs> Way too many. <laughs> And that is that's because the fruit is not being eaten or maturing or being produced. Nice. Thank you, Pastor Scott. So we just have about two minutes left. Um, it does look like we had another question in the chat. Ashley would like to know, Josh and myself, what are our gifts? Josh, you want to go first? Yeah, so I'll go first. Um, so me personally, I would say my gift is the gift of education. Um, my gift is definitely the gift of encouraging. Um, and I'll say the gift of teaching. I would say those are my three primary gifts. All right. So I actually um, found out my gifts through the discovery class at St. Paul. I took a couple years ago. And so my first gift that I discovered was gift of service. And that actually led me to be involved in the beautification ministry. Um, the second gift was encouragement. And then I also had a gift of leadership. What I also found in that class, though, just to add a little tidbit, was that we took a survey and something that I lacked in at that time was discernment. Um, I didn't realize that my discernment score was as low as it was. And through the teachings of Dr. Sherelle Fuller and Mrs. Ta Mrs. Tanya, you know, I was able to discover and figure out that that was an area I needed to work on spiritually. And throughout these last four years, I've had the opportunity to do so. So I kind of want to take the class again to take the survey again to see if I still lack discernment as often as I did. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're thinking about taking that class, I really do recommend it. It was very eye opening for myself. Yeah, they're, they're excellent. They are just um, yeah, they just do some great work. Um, 
And and I'll be the first to say that St. Paul just has some wonderful people that that really, really um, get it and um, really want to do all we can to advance the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, we are at our very end. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to listen, to join us on our last Kaya of 2021. I hope and pray that you all receive some really good messages that you guys, you know, understood and learned what a spiritual gift was, how to discover that gift, how to utilize that gift. Will it mature over time? Will you lose it? You know, I really hope that all the questions were asked and you got all your answers. And, you know, Pastor Scott, would you like to close us out in prayer as we end this Wednesday night? Sure, sure. And and before I close us out, let me just um, say that uh, as your pastor, for those that are listening, and I want you to share this with others, um, I want you safe. Please get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. Wear your mask. Omicron is spreading like wildfire. Um, as of yet, we're going to continue to have in-person worship. But if it gets to a point where we have to revert back to virtual, we will do that. Uh, but I want people to be safe. The vaccination, hear me, hear my heart. The vaccination uh, can can minimize the symptoms of COVID greatly, and especially if you've been boosted. Um, and how do I know? Because basically uh, I was at home in Mississippi and uh, was exposed to COVID. But because I was vaccinated, my test came back negative. Uh, but I continue to pray for my family because uh, I have a niece that's that uh, has the quarantine and she's unvaccinated and she's pregnant and she's been having some issues. So please, ma'am, please, sir. Um, get vaccinated. We're going to do another clinic sometime in January. Um, but, but please, um, get, get vaccinated, get, get vaccinated. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want us to have to go back to in virtual. Um, but if we have to, we will, uh, but we have the capacity to do that and do that with a high level of excellence. And so I thank God for the team that we have at St. Paul church. So let's close out in prayer. God, as we are in between what we call Christmas and New Year's, we pray right now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, as we uh, prepare for uh, a New Year's Eve worship experience, that we realize that newness doesn't have to wait until January the 1st. It could start even right now. Even now, Lord. So, God, if you would, in your own sovereign way, uh, move as only you can. Uh, we thank you for this conversation tonight on spiritual gifts. And I thank you, oh God, for the leadership of Kaya, for Ashley and for Minister Jeff. I thank you for our host tonight and Sister Christina and um, Reverend Josh. And so, Lord, as we um, prepare to get off from this moment, but never from your presence, if you would keep us in your sovereign and omnipotent care. God, um, watch over those and heal those who have come down with COVID. Um, God, uh, help us to be a, a help and a blessing to people who need your love and your grace and your forgiveness. Dismiss us from this moment, but never from your presence and keep us in your sovereign care until we're able to come back together again, either physically and or virtually. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kaya family. See you guys next time. All right. Take care. Take care, everyone.